0: Welcome to season two of Landon Live. Today we have on comedian, magician, and ventriloquist Andy Gross. Andy, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, thank you.
0: Thanks for being here. We're excited to have you. Go ahead and tell us how you got into the entertainment industry. What what did it start off? Ventriloquism? Magic? Was it comedy? How'd you get into it?
1: It started with racquetball. I know this really? sounds I'm gonna, take, I'm gonna take you back early. Okay. Uh, days, and then I'll, you know, we have enough time here, like eight hours. Uh, <laughs> I, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. And what happened was when I was about eight years old, I got into racquetball. You, you're probably young enough. You don't even remember racquetball, but racquetball. i not familiar with it. No. Are you, you're not familiar with it? No. Okay. See, yeah, aging me. So racquetball during the late 70s, which is a long time ago, I know, early 80s was the fastest growing sport in the country. It was a huge sport. I mean, people were playing it everywhere. And I got into this as a junior, so it was like you know, like being a gymnast or something. You'd be tra- I was traveling all around the country as a young junior national champion playing racquetball, and that looked like it was going to be my future racquetball because there was a lot of money in it. There were big sponsors, endorsements. It was a great sport. doing this, or, or how old
0: were like Were you in high school doing racquetball? Or I, was, I
1: was nine years old when I started, but oh, when wow. I okay. 15, when I became 15. I got on the professional racquetball tour and it was a huge, it was professional racquetball, which is ridiculous because people are always like, what? I never heard of it. It's like, you know, professional <laughs> yeah. dodgeball, like sure. Ben Simmons should be in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but there really was, and it was really good. I mean, we, we made a lot of money. We played a lot of tournaments, we had a lot of endorsements, everything was great. But at the same time, backing up a little bit when I was about nine, um, I saw the movie magic, with Anthony Hopkins. And that just changed everything for me. I remember walking out of there and asking my parents, how does he do it? How does he do it? How does he do it? And it was amazing. My dad actually knew he said, I don't know. They, they substitute letters or something. And, and to this day, I wonder how he actually knew that. Cause it was pretty, how would he know that um, right, yeah. but he should go to the library and get some books. And then it was Dick Weston came to St. Louis, Missouri. And my mom like called like every hotel in the area until she found him. And he got on the phone with me. and I'll never forget sitting in our little laundry room talking to him. He was very nice, really sweet. And he gave me Mayor Clinton Detweiler's number over at Mayor. And I ordered that course. Mayor Ventriloquist Studios. Yeah. Yeah. With Clinton Detweiler. I called him up and Clinton said, how you doing, Andy? You're doing excellent. You know, he was great. And um, I bought the course, bought my first dummy from there. And then, you know, it was a hobby. And then I had another friend that did some magic. So all this was a hobby for me because racquetball was like the thing. That was our big deal. And then so I moved to California for sports, got out here. Everything was great, doing well. And then about when I was about 24, 25, racquetball completely died. I mean, I went from making great money to barely getting free shoes. And it was a real shock. I mean, I was I didn't go to school because I was doing so well with sports at such a young age. I figured this was it. Right. I didn't know what to do. I I go, geez, what am I going to do now? Here I am in California. I go, you know what? I've always loved magic, always loved ventriloquism. I'll go do some open mic nights. Went and did them. And the guy said, really good, but make it a little funnier and come back. So I wrote a little comedy the best I could, went back, did it again. And then I never looked back. I mean, they, these guys would say, come back next week, come back the following week. And I started opening, hosting, you know, MC, then the middle act. Then I did some cruise ships and corporate events and I've never had a real job.
0: Wow. So wait. So when you started doing these open mics, did you start as a magician or ventriloquist, or was it like a combination of everything going into it? it a
1: combination. It was a combination. Wow. I used to. And I don't know how many other. I'm sure there's a lot of other ventriloquist magicians out there. I know John Peasy oh, right. does it great and right, was real successful with it. But it always confuses people. Like it's amazing to me when I go in. And I say I do magic and ventriloquist, Like, wait, wait, wait. Are you a magician? Or are you a ventriloquist? Yeah. And they get more confused. You know, I say, well, I'm a comedian, magician, and ventriloquist. And it almost upsets some people. I mean, they don't know how to. they don't know how to handle it. You need one label so we can just. Yeah, they want just one Yeah. It overloads them, and they don't like it.
0: That's crazy. It, it always fascinated me how well ventriloquism and magic went together. Though, um, was that a- easy for you to? create your act and, and merge the two? I mean, do you have the puppets do the magic or is it is it just where you, you'll do a trick and then pull out the character? How do you- Well, I
1: do I used to. I, I, had this, I had some crazy ideas in the beginning. I had this old dummy, a mayor dummy. It was an old man dummy very early on. And I said how he worked. Uh, he used to work during Houdini's day and uh-huh. we had the jokes. And he would I actually had a little tiny straitjacket made for him. And I would <laughs> put the dummy in a straitjacket and then I would hang him upside down which I thought was great. I thought it was pretty good, you know. But it was a little cheesy. Now that I look back at it, yeah. I had him upside down. I had a box below that had like a little machine that would shoot sawdust out when I put this piece of wood in there. Like I said, termites are in there. So if uh-huh. he falls in the box, the termites eats him, and you know he only has so long to get out. And then I'd hold a curtain in front of him, and you see the rope moving and the thing moving, and you know it was the old séance cloth if you're familiar with that. Right, know? right. And I would get him out of the uh, um, straitjacket, and then. You know, and he'd change and he'd do a costume change too. I'd also rip off this costume and he'd have like this bright star studded thing on when he came back and it was kind of a fun little routine. And then wow. he would do a couple mind reading bits, but I kinda I gave up on that. Now it's just I do the magic and then I'll jump over to some ventriloquism and then back to some magic. So that's
0: yeah. fantastic. What was that like taking that from I mean what were you in like an hour or like half an hour when you're doing these clubs?
1: Uh, when I started doing comedy clubs? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the open mics, it would give you like three to five minutes. So right. it's hard. You know, it seems like when you're starting off, it seems like three to five minutes is like four hours, mm-hmm. but really three to five minutes, you can't even get going. You can't, it's really hard to establish any rapport and get anything going in three minutes, four minutes. Sure. I mean, that's life. She'll tell <laughs>
0: how do you, how do you, how do you go from, from, you know, like what you said, we're getting that, getting that bit where it's. It's polished maybe five minutes and then kind of growing from there and and headlining these comedy clubs to having something where it's enough uh, content and enough
1: uh, of a production to put on a cruise ship. You know, it was like quite a jump. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do it overnight. This was not overnight. I mean, this was years. I mean, it would probably I would say from the time I started open mics to really even middling, you know, being the featured act at a comedy club, I would say it was probably five years or six years. I mean, it was a pretty long time. yeah, it took it did take me a while to build. I mean, you know it it seems easy now when you look back you go, oh, that's so simple, but I mean every new bit takes a long time and especially to work out the little kinks and to make it really flow, that's yeah. the hardest part. yeah, it took so it, it took some time. Well, That's fantastic. Well, the, I- for me was stage time. I mean, I would get on any stage anywhere I could, and I would just perform. And I remember early on when I first moved out here, Willie Tyler and Lester, he yeah. used to do clubs all the time. And I worked with him quite a bit. And I was doing more magic right then because I, I, I saw Willie was on there, so I'd do more of the magic. And what amazed me about him was we would do these clubs like on a Sunday night um, in, in L.A., a comedy club. And he'd get out there, and there Landon, there would be maybe four people in the audience. And I'm like, oh, I hate this, you know. But Willie would perform like there were 4,000. He would just do his same Act great, and you know he I asked him one time. He said, "What's the difference? What's the difference is four or four thousand? I'll just do my act." And it was pretty <laughs> easy. you know. So why would I change? He's fantastic. I change? Yeah, wow. it was pretty easy.
0: that's crazy. I got to see him and meet him for the first time at the uh, Ventriloquist Convention this year, yeah. and uh, and he performed, and it was just so neat to see him perform because I've I've seen yeah. clips and stuff, and he's like a legend of the art. But
1: he's uh, a sweet guy, one of the sweetest guys yeah. out there. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: nice. I mean, just for anyone wanting to say hi or or talk to him about the art, he's just such a such a, a nice and, and open guy. Wow, that's that's fantastic. He was that's great. So I
1: remember running into him, and, and we would do, and then early on, I would do some of these commercials, like commercial auditions, and Willie okay. would be there. I, I would see Willie there, you know, and he was so, always so nice. I mean, it was great. Did uh, you do
0: those auditions as a ventriloquist? Or just yeah. Like a, yeah. We
1: okay. It's kind of funny. We would show up, and and during the time, it would be like Dennis Allwood. Okay. You know, you know Dennis. Uh, Joe Leader would be there. Yeah. Um, Willie would be there. And I mean, like four or five other pretty well known vets would just be. Jay Johnson occasionally would be there. We'd run into him sometime, you know? And okay, yeah, it's pretty neat. Wow. Run into these guys. And Brad yeah. Cummings, I remember Brad Cummings beat me out on a Long John Silver's commercial. And the thing ran forever, too. I'm like, Damn it. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got to have Brad on. He's, he's in Canada, isn't he? I, you know, I have lost track of him. He's I'm not, not there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, very talented guy too. But I mean, he yeah, I'll never forget that. I remember we both had callbacks for the Long mm-hmm. John Silver's commercial, and it was uh, I remember the line: "Give me another shrimp for my tummy, dummy." That was it. The puppet said that: "Give me another shrimp for my tummy, dummy," and he got it. And that thing it haunted me because I would see it play like every two minutes, you know. And that's when there was no internet, so you had right, to wow. here he is again. You had to watch there the there ads, right? Every wow. channel, I was turning the channel. Like, there he is again. There he is. <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, you know,
0: just just talking with you you can see that you've got such a neat collection of these these vent figures and posters and everything. When did your collection start and and I mean what are you do you have a favorite figure maker do you have I mean, you've acquired some different pieces yeah. over the years?
1: Well, I love like most you know of us that collect these things of Frank Marshall for sure, mm-hmm. or, you sure. Know, one or two and then and then I was lucky enough to get quite a few years ago a McElroy, you know an original McElroy, and that yeah. to me is like you know. That's the holy grail for everybody, I think. Yeah, there aren't many those out there. So, and I don't take him out that often, but I have them. So I figured maybe we'll take them out a little bit if you want to see. If sure, everyone. yeah, yeah.
0: You take yeah. him out now if you have him. We'd love I to see. Him. Yeah, see. Hey,
1: I've
0: seen him now. in some of your your uh, social media content, and he's he's great.
1: Yeah, I could just I should have crashed a glass or something. So I dropped him. Don't want to do that. Uh, no, I don't take him out that often. Believe it or not. Yeah, I can't imagine what the case
0: looks like to house that thing. Well, I'm no. sure it's I'm sure it's okay. padded up to the brim.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. Let me see. The, the amazing thing is that uh some people still perform with David Pendleton performs with his. Yeah, yeah, Mac. amazing. Yep. Yeah. Hello, oh, what's going on here? My hand now. Here we go. Fantastic. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah. what's the
0: story behind this guy? I well, mean, you know.
1: Yeah. He's got his little socks on his hands. Uh, he was um, owned by Colonel, I think it was Henry or Harry Tunk. Okay. Henry or Harry, Harry Tunk, I think it was. Yeah. And he was in the military and the Navy and toured with him. And I ended up, I got lucky enough to get him. Dennis Allwood kind of helped broker the deal. But it was the widow that had him. And I ended up getting him through her. But this is many, many, I mean, this is, I don't know, 15, 16, no, no, more, 20 years ago already, I guess, that I got him. So I was really lucky to, to get him, you know. Yeah. Because I, I was in the right place at the right time, and and it was timing. And I remember when I first saw him, I was like, they said how much he was, and I said, I don't know, I don't know. And him then Hobb and then I go, you know, they're not making any more. Uh-huh. And um, I, I want this, I want this thing. So, so I went for it. I'm glad I did because apparently, I mean, the last one that sold at some auction that had been completely redone was, went for an astronomical amount of money. So really, wow. That's what I heard. So who knows? Wow, but you know,
0: yeah. is, that, is that original huh? paint? Huh? Or you have to have him repainted?
1: No, this is,
0: he, this guy is completely original. Wow. Look. He looks great. The condition, I mean, just from what we can tell on the camera here, looks beautiful. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, most people that have seen him said that he's probably one of the nicest, you know, ones that they've ever seen Uh that have original like this. Let me do this. The only thing he has is he's got, you know, from the cradle. I don't know those cradles he used to have. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, the cradle, they get that.
1: Yeah, so he had a little bit of that on the neck. But other than that, he is uh, near mint. I mean, he really is. But the paint, the paint's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it, it just plays so well on camera and on stage. And everything. so You don't actually... Because I've seen you do some social media stuff with him, but you don't you don't perform with him on stage. He's a collector.
1: I've never performed with him on stage. I'd be so scared to perform with him on stage. You know, he could use a little oil like there. His eyes get a little occasionally stuck there a little bit, but they go. Uh-huh. I don't want to mess with him. You know, I like him all original. I don't want to do anything to him. I would never... Right. ...show him, you know. Let's see. Pretty cool. Let's see. Oh, this. There is one little, my favorite one is this one, but it does get a little, little stucky here. There it goes. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> The Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Johnny Gone. He makes a lot of the uh, magic illusions here in Los Angeles. Made oh, a lot Daddy.
0: of the, okay.
1: all the big guys. And yeah. uh, he's got one. He has a, a McElroy, too. There was Dell O'Dell's McElroy, and he has it. And um, I brought this one over there. We took some pictures one day. And that little thing where it sticks, he's a master at the automaton. I think he helped Jeff Dunham with some of his repairs on his. Oh, and I'm sure. The umpire, The McElroy umpire, I think he helped him repair. Yeah, it.
0: Dunham's, got, Dunham's got that. Yeah.
1: And I think John Gone sure. helped him fix it or did a few things for him. So I remember it's pretty amazing. I went over there and John and said, you know, it's just that one little piece right there. It just kind of wore away. If you want me to put it in, I, eh, I don't need to. So that's the only thing that sticks a little bit is his uh, tongue. And it's only because yeah. the rubber piece rotted away there, but. Pretty oh. Easy. Wow. Yeah, but um, he's fun. How, this is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Sure. How tall is the Empire? Is he like what, like six or seven feet? I mean, he looks huge in photos. Who this guy? Uh, the the
1: Empire. Have you ever seen it? Oh, I've never. I've never seen him in person. No, but he does look huge. Yeah.
0: That's yeah.
1: crazy. Isn't that crazy in there?
0: It ma- makes you wonder what what they started with inside that head. You know, it's just like right. I look at it, and I mean, I build soft puppets, but, you know, even just from like a basic figure builder standpoint, looking at that is just...
1: It is wild. I mean, it's beautifully
0: that, insane. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. And I know that, uh, what is it? I think it's Greg Clawson, right, that does the replicas of these? Yeah. These too. I mean, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty <so> wild.
0: Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Good. Is it good?
1: Is it good? It's good. Okay. That's so cool, man. Yeah, he's beautiful. Yeah, he really is. I mean, I was uh, very, very lucky. I'm gonna put him over here. Yeah, before. yeah. Stay for a minute. He was. Uh, I'm. I'm. You know, what can you say when you get something like that? I was just so lucky to get him. Of course. And I, you know, I could have easily missed him. You know, because um, who knows? Somebody could have grabbed him up, but I, I got lucky.
0: Yeah. So it's he, interesting. I said, have you heard Pendleton's story?
1: Incredible. I mean, he was, right? And somebody yeah. came up to him and. And had yeah. the and started telling the movements, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. After a show, I think it was the lady's grandpa or something that had it, and she was just talking about this crazy ventriloquist figure. And he did a double take when she was talking about it, and then they met yeah. up. And
1: I went there we one day and looked at mine, and, and and um, he was telling me that story. He said, "You know, the lady said the tongue sticks out and the ears move." And I was like, "No way!" You know, no, way. I got to see it. And then, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I mean, ah, gosh, really wow. Crazy. wow.
0: Well, that's I mean, so what is your, what's your favorite show memory? I and mean, you've been doing this for, I mean, this has been your career.
1: God, um, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. all, you know, when you say that all the crazy bad things that have happened, stand out like one time. I don't know why I'm all, all you can, it's like, you know, it's like when you have a great show and you mm-hmm. look up and one person is not laughing, one person just sitting like this. Mm. And I'm fixated on that one person the entire time. I'm like, why are they not laughing? Yeah, Even though yeah. everyone says, it's almost like, so when you said that, all I'm thinking about are the bad m- memories. Sure. For some reason that when I was, I was just thinking about when I first started and I had the old man dummy that used to get out of the straight track and we used to do a card trick too. And I would put him on a stand and he would sit there and I covered him up with a sheet so he couldn't see. And we were going to do this mind reading act. And one time he just fell right off the thing onto the ground and um, didn't break. But it actually turned out to be like the funniest part of the act because people oh, really? did it or not. And I recovered pretty good. It was early on, you know. I just had him ad lib or whatever. And sure, sure. But I kept that in the best I could. But I figured, how do I drop him off the stand every night? This thing, you know, I keep <laughs> dropping him on his head every night. It wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I every night, every time I do a show it's almost, you know how it is. It's they're all different. They're all different. Yeah, it stands out. Um, no, I mean. It's a good one. Maybe I'll think of something in a minute here, but nothing right now.
0: Yeah. Do you enjoy magic or ventriloquism one more over the other? Is it kind of how the crowd reacts to it?
1: You you no. Know, of- I'm going to say I like the ventriloquism more. I really okay, wow. I like it all. But I will okay. say this, though too. For some reason, my act is probably more like 80% of the magic. I don't okay. know why. But it is, even though, even though I like the ventriloquism more. I think that um, there's never really been a great character that I really, really fell in love with on stage, you know,
0: mm.
1: just I really haven't. I mean, I start off with a little voice throwing stuff. Um, and then I do the mask bit sometimes with people. And then I've got a couple puppets that I bring out, but for the most part, I'd say it's probably 75, 80% magic. Wow. Even though, even though I'm always trying to come up, it's just, I don't know over the years, I've never really fell in love with one character that I've had. It's like, you know, everybody has their character. Mm. So sure. You know,
0: it's, it's a hard thing to, to find that, to get see,
1: that. It's easy, right? You see these great characters like Donham has, and you go, wow, that's no big deal, but it's hard. It Fine. is,
0: yeah, yeah. And then to make sure that it doesn't just work for you, but it works for the audience. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Because that, that sucks too when, you, when you've when you got something and then you're working on it and you present, and you're like, I can't wait to do this. And then they're like, they don't get it. <laughs> so yeah. I totally get it, wow. Well, um, you've had some, some stuff go viral on uh, the internet. Right. How did that come to be? Did was did you intend for it to go viral? Did it just kind of happen?
1: No. That's the, a good question, yeah? The oh, first right. thing that I did. One of the very first ones I did was that one where it looks I'm cut in half and I'm in the park, and I was just playing. I was really just playing around, and I had uh, just moved into a new house, okay. and I remember telling my wife, "I go, I'm going to go down to the park with our daughter. She was maybe twelve at the time, eleven or twelve, and she she brought my iPhone. So what was it an iPhone one? I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, and she goes, and I said, listen, I'm just going to just do this bit. And my wife goes, are you sure? Because we just moved into the neighborhood. You really want to go down and jump out? <laughs> we from We haven't behind even trees? met the neighbors yet.
0: Come on, Andy.
1: <laughs> he goes, are you serious? I don't know if this is a good idea. You know, and I go, that'll be fine. Don't worry. She goes, you're going to jump out from behind trees and screaming at little kids at the park. I don't know. <laughs> and so I did it and we filmed it and we got these great reactions. We put it up. And then maybe uh-huh. three or four months later, it was nothing, not maybe 400 hits. That's it, mm-hmm. like normal. Right. And I did a show. My daughter calls me and she goes, Dad, did you see we have like 7,000 views in the video? And I'm like, wow. I go, normally that would take, you know, two or three years. Yeah. And, I go, I and I'm having dinner after the show with some people. Then she calls me like 45 minutes later. She goes, do you see we have 25,000 views? I go, wow. And then my phone starts beeping because I had had comments set up to come to my phone. And until this video, we had two comments a year. So now know. my phone was just going beep, 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 beep. It's just going, I have to turn it off. I have to turn the comments off. That many are coming in. And then in the morning, there was over a million views. And, and I think it was, um, it was funny too, because I got a call, I'll never forget too, like at four o'clock in the morning, I got a call from, it was um, Good Morning America. And they said, uh-huh. is this Split Man? Because the video said split man and i felt like you know tony stark like iron man or something I'm like oh. right right well right. I, I didn't know anything was even happening I'm like what who split man i go yeah i guess you know i thought it was like a dream and they said do we have your permission to play the video and i was like yeah sure i up and went back to bed and then the next message i had on my phone was from my dad who lived in st louis and he was like you gotta you gotta call me right away i'm brushing my teeth listening to the good morning america and i hear Andy Gross has a viral video. And I ran out. He goes, I almost dropped. He almost fell over. Nobody knew. Wow. I didn't. And then it just um, kind of took off from there, really, and just kept making more. Then I did another one where I pulled the girl's head off, and it took, did well, too. And so in what was neat about the videos are in the Internet is um, the popularity that you get everywhere. After those videos went viral, it wasn't like I performed just in, you know, Wisconsin and Michigan anymore. I went to uh, Paris. Barcelona, Dubai, London. From that video, I got from that I got-
0: video alone. Wow, One of
1: those you know, two or three videos. All of a sudden, I started getting calls to go do these. I got a call from a prince. From a prince, not I don't know if it was him exactly on the phone, but it was his people, and they said, "We want you to come to Dubai, and we want you to come on his yacht and walk around, you know, cut in half and stuff." And I said, "Listen." If I could do that, I would do. You know, you, you can't do that. Serve
0: drinks on your other half. <laughs>
1: I mean, I said if you can give me a, an area that I could just be in one area, maybe I could do it. But I can't just walk around, you know. Yeah, serve right. the drinks on my top half. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, no, that didn't work out. But I did perform corporate shows. a Couple pharmaceutical sure. companies back there, and they didn't care. You know, I found out these corporate uh, companies. When they want you, they kind of want you. If They see something, go, "This is cool." We want them. Sure. And so I did. I was on the same show. It was great. Miley Cyrus was at the same venue, and she was one of the performers. So can you imagine oh, hearing her performing at a show like this? And she came out of a club in Paris, a real popular club in Paris. Okay. Yeah, it's really, it really. I mean, it was crazy. It was fun. It is, yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow, what a. It's within really right? like a matter of a few weeks. This is all yeah, happening. Well, um. I'd say over the, uh, within six months to a year. Okay. You know, things started happening pretty quick. Sure. Six months to a year, all of a sudden, you know, people started calling and stuff. And yeah. And then I had a couple, had a couple agents throughout the country, like corporate guys. And they called me up and they go, we're going to raise your fee. And I go, and they told me what they're going to ask. And I go, you guys are crazy. And they go, okay. just trust us. I said, all right. And I didn't think I'd ever get another show again. And they called me up and said, all right, you're going pack your bags. I'm like, holy cow. So, you know, that's they, if they if they want you and they see that it it really it really helped,
0: right? The, sure. the internet,
1: I mean, the internet is amazing.
0: It is. It's such a such a crazy place because even you know I've been on TikTok for a few years. Even just posting stuff that you never expect to go viral on the stuff that that does.
1: No, um, no, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. I did a. A um, friend of mine called me up and he said, "Will you do a birthday?" little message and a little magic trick for a friend of mine. And I said, sure. So I was sitting in a hotel room and I had, I don't know if you're familiar with any magic stuff, but I had a trick called the princess trick. It's where you okay. looks to one card and then you remove one card and then their card is gone, but right. it can happen with everybody at home. And it's a cool trick, but it's an older trick. I mean, it's been around a long, long time. So mm-hmm. I had that sitting on the bed. So I, I did it. And I would occasionally do this trick on the news because it plays really well when you do a trick with everybody at home. It's everybody at home. Look close at one of these cards. Remember one. I'm going to remove it. And then you get their card. and Everyone freaks out. So I did this. And then I go, you know, I'm going to put it on TikTok. I'll just take out the part where I said happy birthday. And I threw it up on TikTok. It's got 4 million views. I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel bad because it's such an old trick. But at the same time, I go, I'll take them. I'll take the hits. Who else is doing it? You know what I mean? I mean, I'll take it, you know. It's just, you yeah. don't know. Like you said, you I, don't know what to work. I started off just doing
0: like, I, I just like write jokes and stuff and um and throw them on TikTok. And that's how I figured out um these characters that worked for me as a ventriloquist. So it's- Well, you it's have a, a huge role.
1: following on TikTok too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting there. We're, you know, trotting to a million, but
1: uh, yeah. I mean, it's huge. Yeah,
0: we have, we have fun. Uh, which reminds me, we added this new segment. It's called Jabber with Jackie and we're going to do it with Andy's today. Are you
1: ready? I guess. I don't know what we're doing, but I'll try. All
0: right, here we go. Jabber with Jackie. Oh,
1: that should have gone to be fun.
0: It's Jabber with Jackie. Okay, so this is Jackie. He's a jackalope. I'm from the strange and mythical land. Right, Wyoming. Right, yes. And Jackie, yes, this is your segment, Uh uh-huh, where you are going to be able to ask a few questions you want to ask. Great, I've been rehearsing, right, I know what I'm going to do, right, what... What am I gonna say? You're at, yeah, your questions written down. Oh, right, right, right. So, what's the first question you want to ask? Okay, I wanted to ask Andy, right? What the most rewarding part of his job is? Oh, that's a great question. I know. I wrote it. <laughs>
1: oh, that's easy. Money. Money.
0: Money?
1: Oh, <laughs> I <nothing> like that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's really not. It's really not. And I mean that. It's really not. You know what? I, I honestly just when you can go out there and you can do something. That um, um, doesn't feel like you're working. It really doesn't. You love it. You do something you sure. love. It doesn't feel like you're working. Like the old thing saying says, "Do something you love. You'll never work a day in your life." It feels mm-hmm. like that.
0: Yeah, of course. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, what advice? Excuse me. What? This is my question. Okay, I'm sorry. What advice do you have to someone going into this industry, whether it's magic or the or? entertainment right yeah any type of entertainment sure right yeah you know what at
1: all right that's an easy one too i'll tell you what it is and i kind of said it earlier i performed as much as i could i got on stages anywhere and everywhere i could for free didn't matter to me i said i just want to get up there and get as much stage time as i could that's that's the secret i mean if you can get on stage a lot and there were some comedy club guys i'm thankful to this day to them because they would hire me uh, early on and uh and they gave me those breaks you needed you know you have a whole weekend or five days you know thursday through sunday two three shows a night you'd get better that one weekend sure. get lot did
0: another did you ever get in your head like you're worried about like maybe i'm not as funny as they are or whatever or did you just kind of stay in your lane someone's i worried about that well you're not funny enough yeah
1: well well yeah every show i think that Uh oh this could be it this could be the show they think i'm a fraud they know no right yeah every show you know now what? The that's that's complex. a good question. I just looked at, here's a here's an answer to that one. TikTok, I was watching Elvis Presley he was backstage and he said, uh, every show, he said, every show, every show I get nervous. You know, I don't know. It's a new crowd. Every show, I never know what's going to happen. And and he was nervous. He was sweating back there. Really? So, you know, if the king gets nervous, look. Elvis? Yeah, Why Elvis. Are you? Yeah. He knew, he said it. Every show, wow. every show I'm getting nervous. Crazy. Johnny Carson said the same thing too. He said every show behind stage, he said he's just sweating, nerves. And once he goes out, he's okay, but he's nervous going on. You never know.
0: I get nervous whenever you open the case, right? I don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Do you ever have any like uh, luggage issues, right? Luggage mishaps, right? Or when you're on the road and you're traveling, you don't get your luggage right, or you're missing a puppet, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all do. We've all had that one. That's the worst. I mean, and there's just nothing you can do, totally out of your control. But what I've learned to do, is I can pack in one bag that I will uh-huh. not let leave my side. I mean, there's okay. one thing that I'll carry that fits on the airplane no matter what, and that thing comes on with me. And you know, if anyone, you know, a few times they tried to check that one too, and I said, "Listen, it's got medical supplies in there. I can't. Yes, uh, yeah. you, know, you can't it's check."
0: Life it. or death, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. But mm. if I so I could pretty much do a good hour with that one bag alone, no matter what. Wow! That's you, great. When bags, when bags have gotten lost. I mean, I probably all of us have done this. How many oh. times have we been at like Walmart and Party City running around buying stuff, trying to put something together or make something
0: makeshift puppet? Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And it works.
0: I wonder if that's how like Ron Lucas created his sock routine because that's, that's a perfect thing to travel with, you know? That
1: whole yeah, It's right. I mean, right, yeah. <laughs> you could have nothing You just reach down and take your sock off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you <laughs> go need to buy socks then guess so yeah what's the uh, weirdest weirdest place yes you've traveled or like show you've done right yeah
1: uh weirdest place
0: uh-huh yeah
1: oh um i i don't know about the weirdest place but i have the weirdest story it's a little bit long but okay. it's kind of a good one. it's a good one it's a good Wait one got
0: time. sure yeah
1: we went to a small town to do a, a i think it was a high school show and yeah. um go to this really small town. And one of the tricks I was doing, it's kind of an older trick too. It's called the vanishing bandana. And you need okay. a banana for it. It's supposed to vanish a banana. It's kind of a play on words, but you- oh, vanish, right, The banana, banana. Vanish, yeah. bandana. Yeah. So you needed a banana. And and it was really, you know, it's a good, good, wholesome, you know, trick. And it's it was fun. And so I had that one. I wanted to do it. So I go to the town. I go, I'll go get a banana. So I'm looking around and the show's about to start. And I go, gosh, there's no place to buy a banana. There's no place. So I ask, and they said, well, it's got to go 45 miles back into town to get a banana. And I go, I don't have 45 minutes. I mean, is there any place to get a banana? And this is where the story begins. A lady said, well, there is an ice cream stand about a mile down the road. They sell banana splits, but the guy's a little strange, but you can try them." And I go, perfect. What do you mean strange? I'll go. So I drive down to the ice cream stand. Yeah, And I get there and it's one of these old time, like 1950s ice cream stand. And it has an old police car in front from probably the fifties, beautifully restored police car in front, like the sheriff car. And so I walk up to the window and I said to the girl, I said, I'd like to buy a banana split and just put the banana on the side. She goes, we, we can't do that. I go, why not? She's not, we, we just, we, the bananas come in the banana split. I go, well, you just, if you can just put it on the side, just don't, cut it just put the banana on the side yeah i can't i can't do that and i said well i don't understand why i'm buying the banana so i said i'll tell you what you know is there a manager someone i can talk to (laughs) the owner is right over there and she was kind of scared and i said okay and i go over this guy sitting out there, this old guy i mean really old big Uh old guy and maybe i was in texas small town in texas i don't know But I said to him, excuse me, sir. I told him why I'm there. Very small town, obviously. I said, I'm there performing for your local high school. I'm a magician. I need a banana. I'd like to buy a banana split, but not cut the banana. He goes, and and this guy, this he does. He looks up and he goes, I can't do that. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) This is a true story. And I'm not even exaggerating, I'm not exaggerating at all. I'm probably under exaggerating at it. He goes. Sounds like a cowboy. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Listen, it was the like cow- big enough for the like both of us. <laughs> yeah. And I go, I go. Listen, well, I, I just need the banana on the side. I go. I'll tell you what. And I whip up my wall. I go. I will give you twenty dollars for a banana. Twenty bucks for a banana. I can't do that. I go. Why not? We don't sell bananas. I go. But you sell banana splits. <laughs> he goes. If I sell you a banana, I got to sell everybody a banana. And I go, but there's nobody here. It's just me. I want a banana. I don't know why I keep going. Yeah. I want a banana. So make a long story short, I finally, I kind of went off on the guy. I snapped. I snapped. Occasionally I'll do this, but I know I'm yeah. really right. So I did. And then I drove away. No banana. I called the lady that hired me. I said, listen. She was, well, I'll call around some friends and see if they got any bananas. And she showed up like one little brown banana she found that some lady had. Oh, so, you have know, probably just not done the bit, actually. But at this point, it was more of a I go, I'm you were fine.
0: committed. Yeah, that's like you the definition me. of committed to the bit. Yeah, really.
1: So, so I remember I when I left there, I thought to myself after the show it was a great show. Went back. And instead of going to the hotel that they put me up at, uh-huh. I know what I started flashing back. At, I'm screaming and yelling at this guy because he wouldn't sell me a banana. There was a beautiful old police car restored in front. I'm in the small town. And I'm thinking, what if this guy is like the sheriff of the town, and the good old boys are going to come get me? He knows where I'm at, and there's where I'm staying—the hotel. I drove two hours back to the airport, slept in the airport, and flew out the next morning because I, I thought for sure this guy was going to come, you know, take me and beat me up or something.
0: So, oh man! I oh, really? Oh, Couple
1: <laughs> True story. Wow, oh, that's
0: crazy. So you never yeah. got? The, so you got a banana, and you were able to? I
1: got it, but it was like a, it was like a brown little banana. Like a, oh wow. <laughs> Like a Puerto Rican banana, too, like one of the small ones. I'm like, where did they get this? Wow. I don't know. The bit probably That's didn't even to remember. But I like stories like that. Those are the ones that stand out in my mind more. Yeah. 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 Did it, did the bit still go over all right? Um, I think it probably did. Yeah. You yeah. Know. It probably did. You know, I, but I, I have fun doing stuff like that. I mean, I, I still, I still am one of these guys that will mess with people. I still do the little voice throwing, you know, on airplanes and stuff from time to time.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll do it. I did not too long ago after a corporate show, and I started doing. I'm doing that, and then some lady spots me from the show, so she busts me right away. So she knows. But a lot of times, you know, I'll get people and drive them crazy. It's kind of fun. On the
0: on the airplanes, that's hilarious. I've never done that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, well, you should, do it. you should do it. Well, I don't know about it anymore. anymore. These are many years ago. I did. It. I used to do it more. That's and, perfect and- for TikTok though. <laughs> that'd, that'd go viral. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, it would. It You're would. I, I had one, I had one time, this is many years ago. I was doing that and the guy rang the call button. So the stewardess comes over and he goes, excuse me. I'm hearing some voices. I'm hearing some Somebody's screaming like, <laughs> let me out. And, I'm the, and, and so he walked away. She walked away and I did it again. He brings a call button. She comes running back because I'm hearing these this voice like, let me out. Let me out. Yeah. And then so I don't do it, of course. And then every time she walked away, I would do it. And finally, when she came back, I did it. And she kind of goes, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm hearing that, too. I'm going to I'm going to go get the captain. Just stay calm. And I'm thinking she's going to get the captain. Who's going to fly the plane? And then <laughs> the part was, there was a guy next to me, big old guy. And he goes, uh, he was like John Candy reminding me of he's like. Oh, really? Okay. It's a baggage handler. It happens all the time. He got stuck down below. He's going to be fine. And this guy was <laughs> certain that somebody was stuck down below. And I go, hmm. But I didn't. Obviously, I didn't do it anymore after that. You can't do it nowadays on the plane. You'd be in trouble now. But this was before yeah. all the craziness. But now.
0: It's a lot easier to do it and not get caught if you're wearing a mask. Right. Yeah.
1: That helps. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure
0: it would. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. anyone can do it. Right. Yeah. That's hilarious. That he thought it was a baggage handler.
1: Yeah. Wow. He said uh, he, was, was, he was
0: serious? Or was yeah. he along?
1: He really thought someone was down there. I go, I don't know if they could make it down there the whole time. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> wow, that's
0: crazy. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks for being part of the segment, Jackie. You're welcome. This was Jabber with Jackie. <laughs> So who have been some of your your idols that you've looked up to or maybe people that inspired you to get into magic or ventriloquism or comedy? Um,
1: well, Dick Weston was the first guy I called. So mm. that was cool. And Clinton, that that while I was really nice, you know, corresponding back and forth when I did the course. Sure. And, and um, the one I watched the most, it was the only one on TV was Jay Johnson for my time. I you know I used to love to watch Jay Johnson on television. He was fantastic. Um, and then oddly enough, my daughter... Did a uh, show with him. My daughter's an actress, so and she was, oh. she was an actress. This is kind of interesting. She did yeah. CSI. I think it was CSI. She was on an episode of CSI where my daughter, my real daughter, played the daughter of a ventriloquist, and Jay was her dad on the show. So, oh, like, that's great.
0: What about me? What about what about me? <laughs> was
1: that a,
0: was that a coincidence, or did the, did she like use that auditioning? She's like, no, my dad's an actual ventriloquist.
1: Um, she probably. I don't know. She's kind of a weird child. Who knows? She might not have said anything. <laughs> she might not have said, I don't want any part of my dad. Um, right. No, I don't know if she did say it but, it, but it was interesting. I remember going there, but he was so sweet. And and uh, then we ran into him with my daughter, Morgan, at at a uh, play out here. Years after that, he was like, because she had grown up by then, you know, so fast from time. She was seven. She might have been 14 by then. He was like, oh my God, Morgan. So, yeah. But he was sweet as could be to her. And that was that was pretty neat because to me, as a kid he was like like bigger than life. I mean I just sit around and watch him to do those you know few lines on soap every week. I just couldn't wait for him to come on. Mhm. So it's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I love it. I remember seeing my I love magic. I don't I don't do magic, but I love I love magic and I love intraloquism. and seeing seeing them perform live. It's like they're they're both magic seeing it. Oh, yeah. you know, both, it's just fascinating.
1: Well, well I was, I was when you were doing it just a minute ago. I was like I <laughs> I was, you know, trying to hear everything and I was trying to, I was looking at the puppet, like trying to hear him better. And I was like, <laughs> I got lost in it right there too, myself. I mean, you do.
0: Oh, good. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That means I'm, I'm doing something right.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, no, it's great. It's
0: great. Wow. Great. That's fantastic. We've got another guy. We've got another another quick segment to go. It's called Bill's you bones, bones to pick. It. So this is Bill. Bill, come here. No. Come on, I dug him up during COVID. Hi. All right, he's a, uh, he's a zombie. I'm part of the living dead community. Yeah, this is his maggot. Maggie. Right. Yeah, she lives in my head. Rent free. Rent free. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Bill, yeah. you have your own segment now. Yeah. We had Jabby, uh, Jabber with Jackie. Uh-huh. Which is Jackie's segment. Sure. And this is your segment called Bill's Bones to Pick. Right. We're introducing it to the audience for the first time. Sure. And this is where you get to interview Andy. Uh-huh. Our guest today. Yes on something in the industry that they uh, maybe want to have a pet peeve about, or something that maybe people talk about. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sir, just say that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. What is something in the industry that maybe you have a pet peeve about, or something like people say, oh, well, ventriloquism is this, or magic is that, or, uh, you know, what other that is kind of not true, or you have an issue with it. Okay. So you're good. You're fine. Okay.
1: Good one. Good one. Um, you know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. And it's such great time right now that I used to hear all the time, of oh, ventriloquism and magic. Nah, it doesn't, it doesn't sell. Ventriloquism is dead, you know, it's old, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's now I mean, I, this is years ago. So now it's so great to be able to come back at these people and say, Oh, really? Well, I wonder why three or four ventriloquists in one America's got talent. You know, it's over exactly. ten or eleven years. Right. Three or four of them, right? Four, four of one? I don't, I, yeah, like three are probably, I think
0: it's at least Macedon, the
1: right um Darcy? Fader, Darcy,
0: Zirdin, Um I don't know if there's a fourth.
1: Maybe there was three. Okay, three. We'll say four.
0: But I'm, I'm sure there's been others all. And
1: also. then I know a magician won, Shim Lim won, or Kim, right? I mean, it's yeah. always, basically, it's always been a magician or ventriloquist, like almost runner up or winning out of right. many years. So, and look at Penn and Teller's show how popular it is, and look at Jeff Donovan, and look at Darcy, and look at these people. So, right now, I mean, you can come at, back at these bookers so hard to say, how could you, you know, even say that? How could you even think that nowadays? This is what people want to see. Ventriloquism and magic is more popular than ever than anything.
0: It's interesting though, because you don't see that in any other art form where it's like you're leaving people in awe. You know, like a good ventriloquist, like when right. you do, like 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 watching a good ventriloquist or a good magician, like. Having that ability, and yeah, if they're funny or whatever, everything else is like additive, and it adds more to the experience. Sure, but like seeing a ventriloquist do their thing or a magician, it's just they knows they know what they're doing. So, and I, I think
1: want. I think more people than we think think so. I mean, like like I'm saying, look yeah. how many people like it. So, I used to hate when bookers would tell me, "Well, we had a magician that didn't didn't sell well." I'm thinking can't be true nowadays. it can't. It's not true. Yeah, it, yeah. it isn't. It isn't. I mean, you know. I used to always say before I even had videos that, you know, some people would maybe know the videos. I used to say magic itself is famous. So I would say what just you know, when you say magician, when you say magicians coming to town, a lot of people would bring the kids out just to see the magic show. It's like the circus coming to town. You don't say, hey, who's the ringmaster? You say the circus right. is coming to town. Let's go see the circus, right? So the magic shows coming to town. Let's go take the kids. Yeah. So, you know, you get a certain amount of people just from that alone.
0: It, it is fascinating though because you have you know like whenever i tell someone i'm a ventriloquist they will they'll either bring up darcy which i'm i'm friends with darcy and i've i've seen her do her thing and she's fantastic but then the people that don't know about her they'll go oh well that that's good good for you because ventriloquism is kind of you know unpopular people don't do it anymore do they still say know? it yeah they still say it and it, it shocks me because yeah. i've had i've had kids my age i'm i'm 20 say it and i've had adults say it to me really right. yeah so it's like they might not be in your loop, but it's like, you know, there's a because lot of comedians cool. out there that you don't, you
1: know. You know, with Terry Fader and, and Jeff and Darcy and those, I mean, those are, Jeff is one of the biggest touring comics out sure. there, I think, right? Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: I don't know how they could possibly say that anymore. I mean, in the old days, they would say it and they would drill you with it. I used to hate it because I couldn't say much. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know. Yeah. They, who's the last ventriloquist? I said, well, Edgar Bergen, 1930. But now yeah. you say, hey. Look at this! <laughs> it it is it is
0: interesting though, seeing how um, I, I've seen comedy clubs that are more open to it just because of you know Jeff and Terry and some other people, and also um the different styles, like how you see like comedian stand-ups nowadays have their everyone has their own kind of style, especially in ventriloquism. I think vaudeville ventriloquism was typically kind of uh, not canned, but where you knew what to expect. And I think nowadays uh, ventriloquism, there's a lot more uh, different characters and different ways that performers are. Are approaching it, which I think is refreshing.
1: Yeah, so, yeah that's true.
0: Um, I'm sure what, I've seen stuff with you. You're hilarious where you've got your uh, what, what is he? The is he like an IT guy or I think yeah, the service he? guy? I do like oh. to use it.
1: you know what. And, and another thing that's kind of a pet peeve of mine is you know, as long as we're going there, yeah, I worry because so many people start talking and it's so hard right now with the whole political correctness and everything, you know, you offends everybody, and it, comedy has gotten kind of tricky. I mean, here you are, you bring out any puppet and it could offend someone in some way it's weird it's so i don't know you got to be careful no matter what you do or say nowadays yeah which, which is tricky sometimes that's yeah, why
0: so,
1: i just do I, a trick I, I, Banana, don't don't offend anyone
0: yeah, you <laughs> need to for, uh,
1: yeah
0: i know i'm not worried about cancel culture why no you won't, no, you
1: won't be no yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess you can't worry about it when you're already dead. No. no, no. Got other things to worry about, like falling apart. Sure. Right. Well, this is great. Yeah. Thanks for coming out and been being part of your segment. Yeah. I'm sure you have to go back to your coffin now. It's a dressing room. All right. All right. All right. Well, Annie, this has been fantastic. Where can people find out more about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they keep up to date on, like, if you're going to be in your area? Where do they check you out?
1: Yeah, they can check the website or mm-hmm. Facebook if anyone looks anymore. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok now is—I've been doing a lot on TikTok.
0: Yes, fantastic. And all and of them—they're
1: talk- all Andy Gross, Live. Andy, so Gross everyone's Live. Andy Gross Live. So TikTok, Andy Gross Live. Twitter, Andy Gross Live. Facebook, Andy Gross Live. And Instagram, Andy Gross Live. Fantastic. Yeah, we, talk-
0: <laughs> we talked a little bit earlier about this, but you know, to someone that's that's going into this art, uh, what you know, what is the one piece of advice, maybe something that you wish you had known going into it or something that maybe has um, held you back that you had to overcome?
1: Hmm. Um, you know what, I think, I'll tell, I, it's a good one too, I think that um, waiting around to get booked is not the best idea. I mean, you, there's so many, especially now, there are so many other ways and venues and avenues that you can take to do it yourself. You can do this, okay. with, I've said, with the internet and everything. Um, you got to get out there and promote yourself. You got to push yourself really hard. And I think sometimes people forget that it's show business and the business is the most important part of it, really is. I and mean, that's 90% of the time that I do is doing the business part of it, it really is. Um, the show is almost easy now. And I think people, you know, they sit around, they send their stuff out to an agent, and maybe they just wait and say, I'm not getting any shows. I'm not getting any shows. You know, they might handle 100 other people, though, too. So you've got to really push and get these shows yourself. I mean, I would be like, especially in the beginning, I was I was at every open mic, everything I could get to. I really was. And then you just and then you're networking and meeting everyone. But if you sit back and just kind of wait for the phone to ring, right, and right. use the internet. Use the internet. I mean look of at course. that you can do it because like I said, a couple of videos can change everything. Yeah. Really how can. do you
0: break down how do you break that down like your your daily I mean does it vary or is it like okay from you know, from this hour to this hour, it's like like the networking or the, you know, booking and leads and all that type of stuff.
1: You know, I don't really have a set time or anything like that, but I'm pretty um, disciplined that most mornings I get up and I'll start doing my emails and sending out stuff and calling people and, and making the rounds and um, and booking. Most of the shows, many of the shows, I, you know, I book myself, many of them, probably sure. I 70, or 80 percent of them. Yeah. So you, you kind of have to do that, you know, and I'll, I'll spend, it's like, it's like work for me. It's funny because um, I have an office, I have a warehouse where I keep a lot of the magic and stuff like that. And some of the puppets and, um, okay. um, and then I have work over there sometimes too, but during the whole pandemic, I was home a lot. So I'd be like in the garage or something, working on something. And my wife would be, come on, let's go. Let's go. I go, Hey, I'm working. You know, I'm here I'm playing with a puppet or something or, or building a little magic trick and it doesn't seem like work, but it's our work. It's what we do. So yeah, is, is
0: that the wife I've seen in your TikToks?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've done some okay. of her. Uh, yeah, family. yeah. I feel bad for. Her. Well, during the uh, during this COVID pandemic, you couldn't couldn't do them anywhere else. So I said, "I'm going to send them to you." She's like, "Oh no!" So she got oh, me those back. Are a few hilarious, times. though. They're so she great. Yeah, she got me a few times. So.
0: Oh yeah, she got She's you. Great
1: sport. Great sport. Great sport.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. What was it like finding? I mean, does she? Does she? uh, is she a fan of everything you're doing, or is it is it more like you guys click because your personality and 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 it's like your job? I mean, no, how does that?
1: She's she loves it. She loves. Oh it. yeah. She is. Um. You know what else she likes too is collecting as much as I do. Like when recently oh, cool. she's been traveling to some of the shows with me as much as she can, and she'll come to the shows and we spend a great deal of time looking at antique shops. And she's more into. Oh, I, it I love antiques. I am. Well, oh, I love them. Love yeah. them. So we'll go to all the antique shops. And we'll be shopping, looking for stuff. And she had over the years. She actually had a pretty good marionette collection that she loves. Got into, so she's yeah. got a lot of those too that we have out or stored somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got a lot of oh, stuff wow. stored. <laughs> well, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. What's next on your on your for shows and stuff? Where are you going? Next?
1: I'm I'm heading to Kansas City tomorrow. Oh, so I've got cool. uh, three shows in Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas, and then I'll be back. It's kind of nice what I've been doing now that thank God this COVID is well. It's blaring up a little bit right now I guess and it's kind of scaring people I will say that I did hear that um, some of the ticket people are you know the last show I did let's just say I went there and the guy said listen you would have probably had a hundred more people here if not due to COVID just people that didn't even know about you just people that would show up to the door and say hey what's going on tonight he said normally you would have had an extra hundred people here um, which is nice but um, it's nice at least they're booking people are coming out they're wearing their mask. They're being safe. They're having a great time. But about three months ago or four months ago, when it first opened up really good for me, mm-hmm. audiences were filling them up and they're, and now it's about half full because people are still scared. They're scared again. You know, what's, wow. you know, until I guess they figured it out, it's got to be careful, but everybody comes out and they wear masks and they do their social distance. And, um, for a while, it was interesting when I first came back, I wasn't sure if people, cause I use volunteers. So I wasn't sure if people would come on stage or what. And, uh, I yeah. have these long like grabbers. So I'd give a grabber to someone in the audience and they'd pick a card like you know six feet away and they hold yeah, it. Up. Right,
0: those, yeah, grab everything. I
1: went to Harvard Harbor's Freight Tools or whatever and bought some of those. Uh-huh. So oh, that's cool. you know, but it worked. But it yeah. seems like you know what? People are coming up on stage, they don't have any problems. Especially people that are vaccinated, I guess, and they're coming up, they don't really care.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. I did I did three weeks at Silver Dollar City in Branson. And was uh, I had uh, it was good. We had I had volunteers and people come up on stage and I, we didn't have anyone that was hesitant. It was an outdoor show, but it, it went over pretty well. So um, it seemed and it seemed like people are ready to get back into entertainment. And there's there's going to be it makes makes you wonder if there's going to be a greater appreciation from it. You know, once something's well, taken from you, you don't realize how much you how much you seem
1: like it. It, it seems and like when you first start
0: back performers, though, but for the audiences, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean they were they were great, amazing when they first started coming back. I'd say my name and they'd laugh, no matter what. You know, they were just ready to laugh. I'd say, yeah. yeah." So I'm I'm excited. I'm having fun again, though. I can tell you that comedy clubs are open. I'm doing a couple comedy clubs coming up, and um, I love the comedy clubs because you have a little more freedom to kind of do what you want and go off script a little bit. Yeah. Um, But these theaters that I've been doing, they're amazing too. I mean, because sometimes they're small, the mid-sized towns. I go in there, audiences come out because they don't get really big shows ever coming in and they have a great time. Families, they fill these places up, they're beautiful theaters.
0: So is that when you do, I mean, do you have more like stage illusions there and then in clubs you play? Yeah,
1: them? I mean, there are times, it depends how I'm routed. The big illusions you really have, I have a trailer that I will pull some of them, you know, when I have a big, you know, for a while there when I was really torn before COVID, I was just on the road and I pulled the trailer and I had, you know, sure. someone with me and we'd set up the illusions. It was a lot of fun, but um, if I'm not, unless you're pulling a trailer, it's, you can't really fly them in and out. They're too big, so right. you're really like this. so now it's more the mid size stuff and whatever I can get into the airplane, you know, mm. <laughs> sure. which would be amazing. It is kind of neat. I was telling you earlier about the one bag I have. It's mm. sometimes I show up to these big theaters and people are kind of like, you know, they expect a big load in, like they think I'm coming with all this stuff, and there's four guys waiting with these dollies and stuff, yeah. and I go, no, it's just this bag right here, and they're like, that's it. I go, that's it, but it does uh, expand. It's like, psh, 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 all of a sudden it's big. Pack small, play big. Sure, sure. <laughs> and it's how you play
0: it up as a, as a performer that, that makes yeah. it, too. Yeah, yeah it's Wow, it. that's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Well, Andy Gross Live is, is all your socials. People yes. can follow you there, and that's your website as well, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for being part of Landon Live Season 2, Episode 1 of Season 2, for sharing your story. And we look forward to seeing more from you on social media.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care, you guys, and tune in next time.